Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we're discussing fight, flight, freeze, and fun. I'm going to share a story today about myself, and I hope by sharing that you can laugh at me and with me and find the humor in my experience to help you lighten the load of your own experience. This story is one that really highlights how important, I would say essential, it is to understand your triggers. And if we don't understand our triggers, we will feel like an emotional mess, So I'm going to share this experience, and it sounds kind of ridiculous. Even when I was taking notes on this, I thought, wow, this sounds like such a small, ridiculous thing. But this is really where a lot of our trauma shows up and where a lot of us struggle to explain to ourselves and then to the people around us what exactly is going on. So I want to help eliminate the crazy making that can ensue when we get triggered. So here's a little bit of background because I'm actually going to talk about me getting a pedicure. Now this was many years ago, pushing maybe 15 years ago. And so as a young woman growing up, I saw what I thought were very fancy women going to get nails done. And when my mom started to go and get her nails done and as a tween, as I'm starting to pay attention to this, what I was watching and observing as the little HSP empath that I was was that any time there was someone to impress, my mother wanted to get her nails done. And that wasn't just about, I want my hands to be clean and fresh and feel good. That was about, I want to show people that I have enough money to do this. So there was a lot going on, a lot of energy around the woman in my house going to get her nails done. I was paying attention to things like that because we didn't have money for field trips or for the just the little things that we need like throughout life money was always tight and always an issue so it was interesting to me to witness what my parents chose to spend money on so as i started playing with being a grown woman because that's what we do when we're leaving our childhood and growing into being an adult i felt like i was trying on being an adult woman like one might try on an outfit or a costume trying on different 
personas to help me figure out who I was and who I was going to grow into. Who am I supposed to be? And if you're similar to me, I think a lot of us go through that as we're aging up, especially when we come from a lot of dysfunction. We feel like pretend adults. And I felt this way as a very young woman, as a teenager starting to go, and every now and then for an occasion like a dance, get my nails done. But this was years later. I was in my early 20s. I was working as a counselor. I had a fair understanding of trauma, of triggers, of what I was dealing with with my nervous system as I was doing my own work to heal myself as I was working in an addictions clinic. So I went with a coworker who is also a therapist and a good friend of mine who knows my story. So I sit down at this nail place that I'd gone to before and a man walked up. Now immediately, now looking back, I know that it was an intuitive no. But in that moment, I felt a mm, no. I made kind of a stink face internally and thought no. And then I chastised myself. I am a feminist. I like and love men. How sexist of me to have a funny feeling because a man sat down to work on my feet. That was where my mind went. Now, that's a very important moment. It's an easy moment to glaze over because many of you that are listening to the shows, many of you that are listening to this episode are empaths and you're just starting to figure out what that means to your present day and it will explain a lot of your past. That was an intuitive moment for me and as I move through my story, you will figure out why. So as I dismissed my own intuition and talked myself out of it, he proceeded to give me a pedicure and my girlfriend was next to me and her pedicure finished quite quickly. Her person was maybe a little more skilled, had a little more experience and moved through her pedicure more quickly. So she went outside. She left me there, which was totally fine. And she went outside to take a phone call. And this guy was so slow. She walked in once or twice to check on me. And the first time I was like, yeah, it's just going slow. And so she went, okay, I'm going to go make some other calls. So she went and made some other calls and piddled around. And what happened next was that I got triggered. Now, how do I get triggered in a pedicure? The man cut my foot. And that happens sometimes when you're getting a pedicure. That's why the instruments are um, all sterilized. That's why we have baggies in the bottom of the basement to keep everything very clean when you go to a reputable place. And so a little snip here and there, a little cut sometimes, you know, if you do your own nails, that just kind of happens. So it's not a big deal. But what happened was that I froze because he cut me pretty good and it was bleeding and he didn't acknowledge it. And I froze. And in the moment, I didn't understand why I froze. He went on to cut a second toe and a third toe. Blood was dripping off of my foot, off of multiple toes. I could not speak. I froze. Fight, flight, or freeze. Because of the work that I do, even way back then, my training, my education, I knew I'm triggered. I couldn't quite understand right there in the moment because my brain was cloudy being triggered. What was triggering me? What I figured out later was I was triggered because he didn't acknowledge it. 
And that was the story psychologically of my childhood. Hurts happening to me with other people basically seeing it and no one acknowledging what was going on. As he finished up, my body was shaking. He still did not acknowledge it. My girlfriend came back in and looked at me and saw that I looked like a wild animal in the face. And then she glanced down at my foot and saw blood dripping. And she went, my God, what's going on? When she acknowledged it, just in that way, something's going on. My freeze flipped a switch and I was no longer frozen. And I went from frozen to flooded and I sobbed. If you have childhood trauma from early in your life, you may be familiar with the type of sob that I experienced this day. It's different than a grown-up sob. It's different than I'm sad or I'm in pain. It comes from the depths, the pit of my soul, the depth of my body, my core, and it sobs out in a way that doesn't meet the age and the maturity in the present moment. It sounded and felt like a little kid. If you have experience around small children, there is this lip quivering sort of quaking cry that they do. It's so deep and it's so pure. And that's what came out of me. Now, had I not been with a therapist friend that knew my story and understood It makes a lot of sense. Can you imagine not knowing me and just witnessing this? How easy it is for ourselves and for the people around us, even if they love us and are supportive and are not toxic and are not narcissistic and are not sociopathic, are not pathologically selfish in any way. How easy it is to not understand what's going on. Now, my friend took my credit card, paid for it, and kind of rushed and got me out of the store. Now, once we got into the car, my feelings go kind of like a roller coaster. And I go from sobbing, which is its own release. That is a good thing. Please do not ever feel like that is something wrong that you've done or something that you're supposed to tuck in or smush or suppress. My body needed to release that. And as I got in the car with her, she said, Jesus, he cut your foot and just wouldn't even say anything? More validation about how crazy it is to not have a hurt validated. To not have someone say, I'm sorry, I just hurt you. My bad. As my feelings went on their roller coaster of release, because I felt supported by her, because I was in the safety of the car, we weren't driving off yet. My crying, all my tears down my face shifted into laughter. And we laughed. Then I was laugh crying and she laughed with me. And then we were able to talk it through. And I was able to explain from that moment, I got triggered because he wouldn't acknowledge it. And she said, yeah, that's really crazy. He really hacked up your foot and just kept hacking up your foot and kept hacking up your foot without saying anything. That's crazy. Why didn't you say anything? And I said, I couldn't, I couldn't make my brain, make my face say something. I couldn't make my foot move to jerk away. I froze. Had I not been able to understand that trigger, had that happened a few years earlier in my development, 
I would have sat with myself in a depressive corner and said, what is wrong? I need to grow up. Stop being a crybaby. I must be crazy. That is ridiculous to cry because someone nicked your foot and to sob like that in public. What is wrong with you? You are too sensitive. Stop being stupid. And I'd have been crueler to myself than I want to put into this microphone right now. That's an important part for me to name. That is a very big leap from the trigger being having to hold the secrets of abuse and neglect to getting a pedicure and someone cutting your foot. That is the work that I do with people very often is listen to their stories of getting triggered. I have a knack for it within myself and with other people of saying, hey, 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 can I maybe help shine some light on why that happened to you? What your response was and where I think that triggers come from. I have heard thousands and thousands and thousands of stories about people being triggered in the course of my career. So I have connections in my brain of where those triggers that seem to connect to nothing. You're getting a pedicure? How does that relate to your trauma? And I know how to relate it to our trauma. It is essential that we understand our triggers. If I hadn't been able to understand my trigger there, even the trained therapist sitting next to me witnessing it didn't pick up on all of it. It has only been an deeply, radically, expansively understanding my triggers that I've been able to stop that destructive, dysfunctional scene of sitting with myself in the dark, beating the crap out of myself for not A, being like other people, for being kind of a ninny baby, and judging the crap out of my sensitivity and my inability to control my nervous system. And no matter what fluffy language you like to put around it, there's so much messaging in our world that we should be able to control our nervous system and we should be able to control our emotions. And I buck that hard. Nervous systems don't respond to logic very well once they're activated. Logically, cognitively, I knew to my core even 15 years ago that I can stand up and walk out of any room. My nervous system didn't care that my head had that knowledge. It couldn't hear that knowledge. I knew to the core of my being, even way back then, that I had every right to tell someone, I don't want you to touch me. Stop. Leave me alone. That's enough. Once my nervous system was activated, and it was activated in a flash, My brain could not get my nervous system to hear that message. My brain could not make my lips form those words. This is why we cannot do our healing just by gathering information. We have to be able to connect the dots and find some new ways of being. Those new ways of being are gratitude for the process And by gratitude for the process, I mean trusting that shit becomes fertilizer. It is so important to me that I model for you who's listening that all shit becomes fertilizer. 
That was a shitty moment for me to experience. But in understanding myself better, that has become fertilizer to help me grow, to help release that trigger. I still get pedicures, believe it or not. It was very important to me that I go back two weeks after that and hurry up Even though money was super tight for me at the time and a pedicure was a super luxury, but I knew kind of like those people who are bitten by sharks but love surfing and they get right back in the water and the rest of us go, oh my goodness, what are you doing? There's this way that we have to get back up on the horse. There's another cliche. Today, because I have pushed through, if someone nicks my foot, I can say, ow. And the cool part about people is that most people will acknowledge So as my feet have been nicked in pedicures since, it's been very easy for someone to look up at me and go, oh, I'm sorry. Did that hurt? Yes, it did hurt, but I'm okay. And because I was able to move through that, that doesn't trigger me anymore. When you figure out your specific triggers, what it means to connect them. That is a special sort of release button that allows a highly sensitive person and a trauma survivor to tap into radical acceptance of who they are, radical understanding of how this nervous system in our bodies works and how to work with it instead of how to fight it and shame it. My nervous system was exactly right in that moment. It was saying, hey, someone is hurting you And when they don't acknowledge hurt, that has been historically dangerous. Warning, 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 warning. That was not my nervous system trying to glue me to the chair so that I experienced being hurt. We have to get very clear on our stories. Those stories feed us and we need to get our stories tight towards the healing path so we can walk it. It's important for me to make the point that very shortly after that hurt, that I was able to laugh. Laughter is such a release. And it's funny, y'all. Sure, it's a little heartbreaking. Sure, we don't want to see anybody in pain. But it's kind of funny. Can you connect to that sense of lightness and laughter about it? Life is ridiculous in this way. It's funny, It's funny to me that everyone in that nail salon was thinking, what in the hell just happened? They have to go on with their lives, never knowing, unless maybe they're catching this episode all these years later. It's okay to laugh. Our bodies need us to laugh. And when we laugh at the darkness, it gets brighter. I hope that this episode helps you Have more compassion and more empathy for the times in your life that you have been triggered historically, or maybe you're being triggered right now. I am currently accepting new clients. I have a few more spaces. If I am accepting new clients on my website, that's always up to date. You are welcome to sign on to work with me for one session or for extended work. If there is something that you don't understand about yourself, Maybe I can meet you and help you sort that out. Everything can be sorted and understood when we look through the right lens. I hope this story helped you connect something that you needed about yourself 
I hope there was something today that helps you move forward on the healing path. One of the most impactful ways that you can help us spread emotional badass and help more highly sensitive people find the show and connect and learn about themselves in this deep way that we do here is by getting on iTunes and giving us a five-star review. I want to thank those of you who have spent the time and energy and effort to get on and write a review about what the show means to you. I want to thank College Kid with BPD. It says, my go-to cheer-up guide. I'm glad the show is motivating you to get to your college classes. Keep up your good work. Do not give up. Stay with yourself. You have important things to do in the world. Thank you for supporting me, supporting you. I want to thank UrbanQT81. This person said that life is coming at me so fast and this podcast is like a handhold. Any of you who are struggling with feeling alone with your sensitive self, come look at the reviews that people have written. I can say it, but it might be more impactful for you to go and look at it and recognize the heartfelt messages that have been written that prove, not because I'm saying it, but because you can go look at it that you are not alone in how you feel and how you process the world. I want to thank Angie from Portland. She says, I finally understand. After years of self-diagnosis and no real guide into what's going on, I finally helped her understand what she's feeling and find words for it. I want to thank Melissa Riling, who wrote a review thanking me for doing the show and for saying she's spreading it around. Y'all are truly my marketing team. We could not get out there into the world without y'all spreading the show. Y'all are spreading it everywhere, on Instagram, on the web, on Facebook. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing it with each other. We read every review and we stay on top of the comments. That's why I've got this team. We are working very hard to keep releasing the show every single Monday. Thank you all for those five-star reviews and for those written comments that really help people find the show. I want to send light and love and I want to remind you and me that I'm an emotional badass, you're an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Take care and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.